When the Reverend Jedediah Payne moved himself, his young wife, and one-year-old daughter from the comfort of city life in Boston to the hedonistic West, he had aspirations of a church, his church. A congregation, his congregation, his people hinged on every word he had to give on the word. Fundamental Baptist by training, Jedediah Payne had met with opposition from his peers concerning his unorthodox method of rearing a flock. Unorthodox, indeed. Obviously, these fools were blinded by Satan's crafty hand, as were so many in this day of advanced technologies and incessant bloodshed. It was Payne's objective to make the people see what was happening, just how the devil was interfering with their lives, and how they could prevent it with his help, naturally. It was so simple a solution, it pained the reverend's pious heart. And if fellow men of God were to criticize and ostracize him, to have him expelled from the church he preached at, then he would leave this dirty, sin-infested city and go out to the new lands of America, where people who were fresh and not yet tainted would hear what he had to say and believe and follow. Him. Payne was thirty-seven at the time. His wife, who had just turned eighteen, was not happy about leaving Boston and civilization. However, she had married a man whose mission was to save souls. Thus she was avowed to accompany him, for better or worse. Catherine Payne had married the Reverend when she was sixteen. It was a marriage arranged by her father. She was, needless to say, appalled upon learning whom her betrothed was. Catherine was a quiet, shy girl who kept to her room and the libraries, ingesting the contents of books when she could and when the time permitted. She never found boys or men appealing, the majority of them lacking in intellect or address that could cause her heart to melt, the way she believed it would when love found her in its sights. Oh, she had her share of suitors, all of whom she had turned away like she would a glass of sour milk. Indeed, she knew she was an attractive young woman by their standards. But she had to wonder if some of the suitors were only interested in the dowry, her father being a rather well-to-do man of Boston society. Her mother, alas, had been dead since she was ten, a victim of pneumonia. Marry a man of the cloth, and this gentleman nearly twenty years her senior? She entertained thoughts of fleeing home and hiding. She could never leave her father, however. He was sick and bedridden. I cannot marry that man, she told her father, sitting next to his bed, her head hung low and her hands twitching in her lap like the worried and nervous girl she was. You will do as I say, Catherine, he informed her. His voice was weak, he was pale and gaunt, and it pained her to look at him. I don't love him, she said. I don't even know him. He is a good man. He is a man of the Lord. Could there ever be a more trustworthy husband? Be that as it may, she said, I will have a life of misery. This is 1850, father, and arranged marriages are not the staple of a civilized society. Civilized, her father choked. No, my dear, this is a very bad world, one that I fear may not last long. You need a good man to protect you, because I no longer can. Softly, very softly, but I am sixteen. Old enough was her father's reply, and that was that. She could have refused him, she could have taken a stand, however, that, she feared, would have broken her father's feeble heart, not because he had any concern for Payne's interest, but the marriage put him at ease, in regards his daughter's future days and general welfare. Before the marriage, she and Jedediah Payne had taken a number of strolls and talked. 
He was an astute, tall gentleman, and a good listener from what she could tell, a little too thin for her tastes, but serious and solemn, if not perhaps a bit too quirky regarding his religious viewpoints. She liked him well enough, any man who claimed to have been visited by an angel and talked to the angel piqued her curiosity. Two days after the inconspicuous small wedding, her father passed away. She couldn't stop crying for her father, long after he was buried. The man she called husband did not move to comfort her, did not put his arms around her like the men did in books of romance and adventure. He simply said, The Lord called him. It was his time.